Grace be to you and peace from God our Father and our Lord Jesus Christ in the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Let us pray. Lord God, we pray. We pray for the children that were baptized and for all of us that as those baptized by you and called to be your people, that we will hear your word and be called to live as those called by you and sent by you as members of your household. Amen. Dear congregation, I am reading the sermon text from Matthew chapter 4, verse 1 to 11. Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the desert to be tempted by the devil. After fasting forty days and forty nights, he was hungry. The tempter came to him and said, If you are the Son of God, Tell these stones to become bread. Jesus answered, It is written, The human does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him to the holy city and had him stand on the highest point of the temple. If you are the Son of God, he said, throw yourself down. For it is written, he will command his angels concerning you, and they will lift you up in their hands, so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. Jesus answered him, it is also written, do not put the Lord your God to the test. Again, The devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. All this I will give you, he said, if you will bow down and worship me. Jesus said to him, Away from me, Satan, for it is written, Worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Then the devil left him, And angels came and attended him. Amen. You may be seated. Now, the children are sitting in front here, and so I'm going to ask them a few questions. What do you need to do to get strong muscles? How do you make your muscles strong? You need to exercise, isn't it? And how do you improve your brain? How do you... Sorry? Uh, Yeah. Reading, but especially, but everything that exercises your brain, thinking, doing puzzles. Uh, Yeah, he said reading. Reading things that stimulate your brain. That makes your brain grow stronger. 
it isn't that your your muscles are made by exercise, you have them in order to exercise them. It isn't that your brain is made by exercising it, by reading it, you have it, and therefore you can read. But, you need to exercise it for it to grow. It's the same with faith. Faith is given to us by God. It's something that we cannot make. But it needs to be exercised if it is to grow stronger. Now, you see the purple here. That means it is the time of Lent. Lent means we are going towards Easter and to Good Friday and we are thinking of Christ going to the cross. During Lent, it is a good time It's always a good time to exercise our faith, but especially during Lent, it's a good time to exercise our faith. Now, do you know how sports people uh, exercise to get their muscles strongly? Do they do just this with an empty hand? No, they take a weight and they try to lift that weight and then the muscles get stronger. Sometimes you see them running and they pull something like a tire behind themselves so that they can get stronger. So, faith is exercised by exercising it against a resistance. Now the resistance against which faith exercises is called temptation. And the story of Jesus is about temptations. Three kinds of temptations. The first temptation that it's about is when Jesus was hungry. I mean, he hadn't eaten for 40 days. Can you imagine 40 days not eating? It's a long time not to eat. 40 days, actually, it reminds us of 40 Years that the Israelites were in the desert. Forty days that the flood was on the earth. Maybe you remember the story of Noah. It is a biblical time for a long time in which something needs to ripen. Forty days. Jesus did not eat. He was hungry. Would you not be hungry after forty days? Very hungry. But Jesus, the devil then came to Jesus and he said, but you can make bread. Tell these stones to become bread. And Jesus could do it. Later on in his ministry, he made bread for 5,000 men and the women and children that were there as well. So he could do it. And surely, surely God wants Jesus, like every one of us, to have enough to eat. But, but Jesus said, no, I don't want to just live for fulfilling my stomach, my pleasures. What is more important than bread is the word of God. And I think this is important for us. In our time there is so much 
that tells us, do whatever pleases you. Get the things that, that make you happy. Get the things that you will enjoy. And then you have all these things and the, the, the advertisements show us if you get all these things, then your life will be nice. Then you will be an important person. Then. But our life is not fulfilled by things. Our life is not fulfilled by having or eating or enjoying. People experience it all the time. They think, if I have this, then I will be happy. And then the next thing comes, and the next thing. It is not the things that make our life to be a fulfilled one. No, our life is fulfilled especially by relationships, by the words. And so it is the word of God that truly fulfills us. Because we humans were created to be partners of God. And where God is not in our life, there our life will continue to be unfulfilled. Our life is not fulfilled by trying by all means to have and to enjoy more and more. No, our life is fulfilled when we live in that relationship with God. And we know God is with me and I am with God. Then, then we say, yes, this is who I am, where I am supposed to be. What motivates you? Is it your desire to fulfill the things that you want? What do you dream about? Do you dream about chocolate ice cream or the next holiday or whatever pleases you? If you dream about those things, remember, those things will not fulfill you. No, when you dream about chocolate ice cream or the next holiday, remember God. Say a prayer. Read something in the Bible. Remind yourself, God is there for me and you will be fulfilled. The second temptation that Jesus faces is to be popular. The tempter might have said more or less the same thing. Look Jesus, we know you've got an important task ahead of you. You need to convince the people that you are the Messiah so that they will follow you. You are calling them to be your disciples, your people. You want them to do, to follow you in whatever you do. In order to convince them that God is really with you, let's, let's use the words of Psalm 91. If God is with you, then he will surely protect you. So let's climb up right to the top of the temple and then you jump down and then all the people there will see, all the important people, the priests, the elders of Israel, the worshippers in the temple will all see, there are angels carrying him. And they'll say, wow, this man is carried by angels. And immediately, immediately they will all follow you because they say, this is a man of God. 
But Jesus didn't do it. Why? He knew it is not about being popular with people. It is not about being admired by people. It is about God. It's not about being popular with those people there. It's about being in the right relationship to God. Trusting God. I would like to be popular. I think we all would like to have people affirm us. But what is more important is people affirming me important or is it that God says yes to me? And so Jesus said no. No, I don't want to cause a scene in order to be popular with people. I just want to trust God. Jesus wants us to have good relationships, to have friends. But he knows that if we let ourselves be ruled by the desire to be popular, to be accepted by people, then we will become slaves to popular opinion. What are you concerned about? Are you concerned about how many people like you on social media? Are you concerned about how many clicks you get? Are you concerned about what your friends think of you? Following what your friends want of you can lead you into very difficult places. And so Jesus wants us to be free. Free from what people think. Because what God thinks is much more important. Maybe there is something where you've always bent over backwards in order not to, not to disappoint your friends. Then exercise some faith. Be true to yourself. Be true to God. Trust that God is enough. If God says yes, that is enough. The third temptation that Jesus faces is power. Maybe, maybe the tempter said to Jesus, Jesus, we both know you've got very important work to do. You have to save the whole world. You have to change the whole world. You have to make the whole world follow God. How are you going to save this world? If you want to change anything in this world, you need to have power. Without power, you aren't going to accomplish anything. Nobody will listen to you. Nobody will follow you. You aren't going to be anywhere without power. So, so let me give you power. I'll give you the power that you need to, to change the world. Just this little one thing. I also want to be acknowledged a little bit. But Jesus knew there is something deeper at stake here. If, if he wanted to go the way of power, he would go the way of Adam. You know Adam who wanted to be like God? If 
he went the way of power, he would go the way of Babylon, where people build a big tower to, to make a name for themselves, to be an empire. If he went the way of power, then it would still be the powerful that rule over and oppress the weak. And the world would not change. People don't change their hearts because of power. And Jesus wants to change the world not top down, but inside out. He wants to start in your heart and change your heart to be a heart that trusts God and loves their neighbour. He wants to be with those who are weaker. Where the weak we baptise, a special needs child today, where the weak are accepted, respected, not abused. And this, this change in the world, this change where power doesn't rule, cannot be achieved by, by power. Power can do many things, but power can never let go of power. So, so the powerful often are consumed by the need to hold on to power. How many presidents don't do everything they can to stay in power? How many rulers don't do everything they can to continue to rule? How many billionaires, though they have all the money they could want, do not do everything they can to have even more? Power enslaves. If you trust it, you always want more and more of it. Money enslaves. If you have it and you trust it, you always want more and more of it. Jesus goes the other way. He, he trusts that God's power, God's power to change hearts, is greater than all the other powers. And so he starts on the road to the cross already here. Because he claims to be the Messiah, but he doesn't use power. You and I, are not dictators or generals or presidents. And yet each of us has a little power. Am I afraid to lose my power? If I lose some of my finances, some of my status, does it concern me? Do I dream about the next advancement at work, the next promotion, the higher position, so that I can have more power there. If you want to test yourself, exercise your faith this Lent. Let God take more control of your life. Trust Him. Stop stressing yourself about not being in control of your life. Let go and let God Put things into God's hands. Maybe, maybe you can get let go of a little bit more money. Give a little bit more to church. 
10% maybe of your budget for the month. Give it to God and trust God. Jesus chose to be a saviour without power, without popularity, without fulfilling the desires of pleasure. He embarked on the road to the cross and thereby, thereby he came to destroy the works of the devil. Are we prepared to follow him? To give up pleasure, popularity, power for his sake? Are we willing to exercise this faith? May we learn to follow Jesus and experience that the way down, the way of Jesus, ultimately leads to more fulfillment than to aspire to cling to more and more, more and more pleasure, popularity or power. And so may the peace of God that far surpasses our understanding guide and guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus to eternal life. Amen.